0: Welcome to No Truck Stops, a gymnastics podcast. My name is Avery, and today I am joined with collector of sports teams, Emily at Sports with M.
1: Hi, uh, it's
2: great to be here.
0: And my favorite sports writer, Ben at the Ben Royer.
2: You know, uh, hi, Avery. I'm super excited to be here. Last time I was here, I just said Colorado was fraudulent, and I still don't think that's definitely a wrong take.
0: (laughs) They're always fraudulent. And Carlos is here, too, but I think he's mostly producing. We'll see. We'll see if he can fight the urge to speak the, in- <laughs> the entire episode. Um, today is a very special gymnastics episode. We are going to be pre- previewing the NCAA gymnastics regionals that are going on this weekend. But before we dive into all that, I wanted to remind you that we are approaching the off season mode. Our main feed will be pretty quiet until August, but we will still be posting content on Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. So let's move on to the good stuff. Uh, Utah was crowned as the Pac-12 champions for the third straight season and sixth time in nine seasons. Despite Utah being crowned champs in the Pac-12 finals, they are ranked number five in the nation behind number four UCLA. Cal is ranked number seven, Oregon State number 11, and ASU is number 15. Gymnastic scoring is a little bit confusing to those who aren't familiar with it. So I wanted to get this um, covered on the top of the episode. So Emily's going to explain individual and team scoring.
1: Yeah, so um, I think the first thing you need to know is that when you're watching a meet, you're going to see six routines per event, and there's four different events, vault, beam, bars, and floor. Uh, and so when there's going to be six people uh, who have routines, but only the top five high scores are used, so the, the lowest score will be dropped. Um, in terms of the range of scores, you're going to see a lot of like really big numbers. A lot of times... Uh, it's the lower end, the stuff after uh, the decimal point that matters more than the big one. You might see like, oh nine out of 10 sounds really good, but almost everybody's scoring a nine. So um, 10 means you have perfect execution, highest value. Um, a nine somewhere if you get nine nine five or 990, that's a great routine. There's only a few. Deductions that the judges are seeing in your routine. And anything below that is at this level in the championship something that you're probably going to be trying to drop. Um and yeah, so deductions come from skills performed in the routine as well as like how good the landing is. If your feet together, the form, stuff like that. That can be really tricky to look at it as a beginner. Um, so just focus mainly on the landing and how. I mean, if if you get excited about a routine, that probably means it was pretty good. Um, and then the uh, the team score for that they they add in all those all twenty of those uh, scores. And so at the D one level, the base is about one hundred ninety six, and ranges between one ninety six seven to five and one nine eight two five. So anything in like the high one nine seven range or starting with a one nine eight is really good and that's the stuff that you're looking for if you're trying to win a championship uh and a one nine eight beans that's averaging about nine point nine on every counted score so the more nine nines you see the closer to that like one nine eight total that you're looking for and so expect regional reg- winners to have a score of at least one nine seven seven five when you watch the championships
0: I just listen to whatever Jim says about routines and scoring. They seem to have that figured out. Everybody <laughs> thinks everybody's
1: overscored except for the people who the, the, that gymnast is for that team.
0: Yeah, literally. Oh, they're chronically overscored. They don't mm-hmm. say that about their own teams, though. Uh, ben, do you want to s- explain the national? Is it national qualification scoring? What is it? The yep. NQS?
2: Yeah, it's a national qualifying score, but practically what it is, is uh, for the first half of the season, um, they just go by the highest average of score um, for the most part, um, or highest score, they'll rank teams off by, you know, there's not really a true way to rank until you get to the NQS scores. And practically what the NQS score is, is you take the five, the top six scores of each of, of a program, you drop the highest score and three of them have to be away scores. And then they average out that score and it goes and they rank all the teams based off of that. So basically what it is, it, it kind of takes out the outlier score and it also shows how teams uh, perform under pressure, um, how teams perform in environments they're not necessarily comfortable with. So uh, a UCLA scoring high at Utah probably is going to do very well for them because it's a comp- it's a Tense atmosphere. It's an away meet, and it'll be counted toward their N- NQS score at the end of the season. So, at the end of the day, I wouldn't still wouldn't look too much into the NQS, but it definitely helps with seeding for the tournament as a whole, and it kind of shows where teams are, where you expect them, how far to go in the tournament as well. So, it's, it's practically a baseline just until you get to the the tournament where the good teams will show themselves as good and the bad will show themselves as bad.
0: Yeah. This isn't like basketball or football where you have a record, a head to head record across the season. That's not how you're ranked head to head. Doesn't really matter in gymnastics, except for like shit talking Um, (laughs) because you're competing at the same place, but you're competing into like separately from one another. Like how you do doesn't necessarily affect the other team. So head-to-head is not really important here. And I think that's very confusing to people that don't watch gymnastics. So Utah won the conference championship. UCLA was ranked higher. Do you think there is a team that is clearly better here? Is there a team you think might be a favorite to win it all coming out of the Pac-12 going into regionals? Emily, what do you think?
1: Um, You know, I I looked into UCLA's whole season and their two matchups with Utah. Um, one, I believe, in Salt Lake City, and then the other one at the at the championships when they were competing against all eight teams. And, I mean, UCLA, looking down their schedule, they're consistently stronger coming down the stretch. They're definitely going to be upset about losing the conference championship. They're starting in their own building, but I think I still got to give it to Utah, though. They beat UCLA head-to-head twice. Uh, and even in that first meeting when Utah had Grace McCallum, who's out with injury now, uh, according to Road to Nationals, her impact in that meet was only half of the margin of victory. So even if she wasn't in that first win, they still would have gone 2-0. And then UCLA, they've had some tough going against uh, harder competition. You know, the two losses to Utah, they came fourth in a meet at the beginning of the year against Auburn, Michigan, and Oklahoma. And they've even struggled to put away some uh, easier competition like Oregon State and Cal with two ties. So... I think I got to give it to Utah here in terms of who's looking better going into the championship. But I think both of them have a shot of putting everything they need to together and making a deep run here.
0: Thank you <laughs> for that. Ben, do you agree?
2: I mean, I agree with the way that I think that Utah has definitely shown that even with the adversity of injuries that they've suffered throughout the season, that they're still cool. one of the top programs in the nation, uh, especially going into the Pac-12 tournament. As a whole, I think people expected UCLA to maybe rise above the rest or maybe Cal to rise above Utah um, in the final standings. And Utah certainly showed that they're not to be messed with still. Um, I do think UCLA uh, is in a good spot right now. Um, I think they just want, I, I think for them, they don't even care whether they're second fiddle to Utah in the Los Angeles regional. Because at the end of the day, you just have to be in second to advance. Um, I, I do think that once you if if UCLA can continue rising, how they have throughout the end of the season, I mean, the scores have gotten more consistent and higher. They haven't scored below a nine one ninety seven eight since the, their Utah meet. so it's like it, they've gotten much better and better as the season has gone on. But I'd still give the slight edge to Utah.
0: do you think there's a big advantage that comes with UCLA hosting hosting one of the regions?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, I, we talked about it yesterday when I talked to uh, Coach Joel McDonald and two of the gymnasts on the team. Uh, UCLA Gymnastics is such a huge youth gymnastics fan base that comes out to watch these events. And mm-hmm. something about little girls is that they make a lot a lot of noise, um, and, and, and they do. I mean, UCLA Gymnastics meets are constantly packed. Um, mo- most, if not all, are on the same level of attendance as UCLA men's basketball games. So uh, mixed with the fact that you're going to have fans from across the country coming into Los Angeles for this event, I think that having a slight home crowd advantage might just help with momentum or the confidence of the gymnasts going into um, their respective events.
1: And I think, honestly, like you got to give a little bit uh, to the comfort- comfortability of like being in an arena that you competed in and trained in all season long um that travel like a lot of people don't talk about how how, you know having to be in a hotel or having to get used to different facility and different equipment you know that's one thing that different gyms have different equipment sometimes so you know when when it comes to hosting there's there's definitely benefits to that especially being so close to utah a couple meets could have flipped that but yeah
0: I think um, L- one of the regionals being in Los Angeles and hosting four, four Pac-12 teams, Stanford, UCLA, Utah, and Washington, are all competing in this regional. I think that's huge for the Pac-12, because even though three of those teams have to travel, they're not going to be dealing with like severely different time zones. They're not flying across the country. They've all competed in L.A. already. I think that's mm. going to be really big for the Pac-12. it be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of uh, fun storylines to come coming out of the Pac 12 this season. It's been like a good year for Pac 12 Jim. Do you have like a favorite or biggest storyline that sticks out to you, Ben?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with UCLA's uh, number one freshman in the nation, um, Selena Harris. I mean, everyone expected her to be great. I mean, when you're ranked number one prospect coming into the season, everyone's expecting you to be great, but she really became the second head of like a two-headed dragon for UCLA, Jordan Childs. Um, if UCLA needs to rely on two gymnasts to perform week in and week out with 995-plus scores across the board, it's going to be those two. And I think that UCLA, if they didn't have Selena Harris, um, I think that they would be in a much weaker spot, More maybe a little more similar to last year, even though there was a bunch of uh, turmoil regarding the program last year. Um, but the if they didn't have Selena Harris, they'd be in a much different position and uh, seeing Selena Harris grow as a gymnast across the season, especially, you know, Jordan Childs has kind of taken her under her wing and you see their, you see their bond and how the, the energy is growing within their program because of Selena Harris's success so far in 2023.
0: Emily, I know your favorite PAC 12 team, Oregon, doesn't have a gym team, but do you, is there another storyline in the PAC 12 that stood out to you?
1: First of all, Phil and I I'm gonna to need you to get on that. Uh seriously.
0: You know. There's a lot
1: of opportunity there. And it's the one sport where they have a different uniform for every single thing. It would make sense. Anyway, yeah. Uh something that I've really enjoyed being part of like this Pac-Twelve circle without really being in Pac-Twelve gymnastics is just seeing occasionally Arizona State just do something really shocking. Um they managed to in a year where they're only ranked fifteen. Beat both Utah and Oregon State, two teams that probably should have beat them, but um, just having that spoiler effect there. And I think that's going to be really big for these gymnasts going into that championship when they're going to be matched up against team 14 teams that are on NQS, at least, better than them. But just having that mentality of knowing that they can beat teams that are supposedly better than them. Uh, can be a big boost. I'm coming from LSU gymnastics and the entire tone of the uh, season after a bunch of injuries changed when we were able to beat Florida at home. So just having that mentality of there's we we know we can do this. Let's go and do it again. That's going to be huge.
0: Yeah, I think to a casual um, NCAA gym watcher, they don't realize how good Oregon State actually is. Gold gold medalist Jade Carey is on Oregon State. That's huge. That makes such a big difference for them. So getting a win again, I said earlier that head to head doesn't matter, but it does for like motivation and shit talking, like I said. So getting a, like a big head to head win like that against two of the best teams in the conference is huge. Um, uh, my favorite storyline for the pac 12 this season is actually how Utah Jim has been acting on Twitter. If you don't know, there's a big thing regarding gym etiquette, like, you are supposed to be really, really kind to your opponents. You're not supposed to yell during the game, the meets. You're not supposed to heckle them. And even, like, going as far as tweeting something snarky about winning is, like, very shamed upon by what we call Gymternet, which is, like, the gym fan base on Twitter. They freak out when anything happens. And every single meet this season that Utah has won the head-to-head, they have posted some sarcastic snarky shit talking tweet about winning and about like i'm trying to think of examples like against mascots that are animals like beheading the animals stuff like that just like normal shit talking for for any other sport
1: the the biggest example i think the one that caught everyone's attention is when they beat lsu in the first week and they posted a photo uh snapping of the of i don't remember the name of the the utah's mascot um but Swoop uh, with a broken uh, uh, plastic crown, which LSU has latched on to as like, oh, you stuck your landing, you get this crown and they just Mm -hmm. broke it. And that caused big waves in, in the thing. And then to see Utah keep going is definitely surprising compared to how other teams act.
0: Yeah, I don't think I haven't seen a gym team act like that ever on Twitter. And like the way that Gym reacts to a tweet like that is kind of hilarious. It is so different from sports like basketball and football, but it was really fun to see. It did bite them in the ass a couple times when they they didn't go undefeated this season. But I really enjoyed like the scandal that came from something that's so normal in college athletics, but just not there in gymnastics. It's absolutely hilarious i think shit talking on twitter is like completely harmless why not it's fun it gets the fans involved i definitely think there's like a time and a place for it when it comes to gym heckling should not happen in gymnastics in my opinion because if you yell at a gymnast they could fall off a beam and like injure themselves it can actually be detrimental to them um but like online it's not really hurting anyone So yeah, why not? It's fun. It's college athletics. Like we don't need to be too prim and proper about it.
1: I think there's a bit of an identity crisis for college gymnastics because of head-to-heads varying influence. And Mm -hmm. so I think if we are going to have things like wind graphics and, and chirping and everything, we kind of have to go like a little more all in in you know, taking the steps that we, that we do to protect gymnasts, but also, you know, taking it seriously as a college sport and how passionate people are going to be about it. I mean, uh, LSU to meet at Auburn, where the front row of students, of only a few feet away from our gymnast competing on floor, were imitating everything the gymnast was doing, um, and and heckling them in a in a like nonverbal way, I guess, and just if if we're gonna talk about prim and proper on one hand and allow that like we got to just pick pick a side here and not be half in and half out.
0: Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Um I also think like a lot of gym fans want more people to be fans of the sport. They're constantly trying to get new blood in the sport and I think having kind of that like shit talking on Twitter helps with that. So <laughs> when they go and complain about new people in the sport like trying to have fun and enjoy the sport that rubs me the wrong way. Do you have any thoughts on that, Ben?
2: Well, a part of me thinks, yeah, like, let's do the shit talking. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a fun way uh, to create a situation and make it funny. Um, part of me says no. Um, and it's not because of the head-to-head. <laughs> Thanks, Carlos. Uh, not because <laughs> of the head-to-head, just because of the weird culture regarding um, specifically... Male college students and the gymnasts themselves. That's true. And and I think that especially with, for example, Livy done at uh, LSU, there's such a culture regarding uh, the male students at that uh, at meets that LSU competes at. they are stalking uh, team buses and situations. So if we start to create this shit talking atmosphere where teams are you know actively creating you know. I don't know. Maybe sort of joking tension between other teams. The, the the casual fan might take it the wrong way and create a situation that we might all regret. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. I think that's really important to bring up the Livy Dunn thing that happened at Utah. If you yeah. don't know, Livy Dunn is a gymnast at LSU that has like gone viral on social media. She has a huge TikTok following and when they when the LSU gym team was leaving Utah like exiting out of the Huntsman Center and trying to get to their bus they were met with like a crowd of terrifying teenage boys like screaming at Livy it was like very scary it, it, it was harassment it was just harassment and there's no place for that in college athletics so hopefully that does not continue
1: I absolutely agree and i think part of it is a, a part of this whole chirping thing that i've been seeing is the amount of access that people have to gymnasts is higher than it is in other sports because uh, gymnastics does a lot of outreach with youth gymnastics in the community and tries to build fan support and fundraise and everything. So I think if if that's kind of the direction that we're going, there has to be steps to ensure that there's safety in those outreach things so that the mm-hmm. sport can continue to you know operate and, and fundraise and have these outreach events while also maintaining athlete safety and mental health and things so having resources for that is part of is part of that decision to go all in one side or the other
0: Mm -hmm. definitely okay let's move on to previewing regionals as i said regionals is happening this weekend um and for the second season in a row all eight pac 12 teams colorado oregon usc and wazoo don't have gym teams are heading to regionals Arizona and Oregon State are in Denver Regional. Arizona was one of the last seeds selected, so they will have to complete, compete in a play-in round similarly to the first four in college basketball. Stanford, UCLA, Utah, and Washington are in the Los Angeles Regional. And finally, ASU and Cal are in the Pittsburgh Regional. Um, here's like a quick overview of how the bracket system works. Um, each regional is comprised of nine teams, with a play-in round determining the eighth and final spot. Those eight teams compete in two semifinals of four teams each. The top two scoring teams in each meet compete in the regional final, and the top two scoring teams from the the final advance to the national semifinals. That was a lot, and it was a simple version. Um, gymnastics seating can be very confusing. So right off the bat, which team, if any, in the Pac-12 got screwed the most with seating? We'll start with you, Ben.
2: You know, being screwed by seating. I mean, it might not necessarily be screwed but I don't know. I, I feel bad for Arizona State because they've had a great year, um, but they might get through their, their, their regional as a whole, but once you get to that regional final and you have to go up against Florida and Cal, I, I don't love that for them. As well as Oregon State, if Oregon State has a bad meet, Georgia could easily easily bump them, and I, I feel really bad for Oregon State because I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Oregon State. I'm a fan of Jake Carriers and I'm a fan of Pac-12. But uh, I don't know. I, I think it could be a, a difficult situation for Oregon State in the regional.
1: I, I know we're, we're uh, in the notes. We're talking about going from the unlucky team to the lucky team. But can I flip that for just a second? Because those are yeah. the two teams I picked for my for who lucked out in seeding. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, tell us about it. Why do you think I, they lucked I think out? <laughs> I think Oregon State. Um, I, I maybe this is just my perf- perspective as an LSU fan, but. LSU's been kind of streaky. They're they're missing a lot of their best gymnasts. They've been able to put up a great head-to-head record despite this, and you know great individual performances from Alia Finnegan and Haley Bryant. But they could very easily be caught by this talented Oregon State team. Um, and I don't know if uh, Denver is the kind of a, is going to pose them as much of a threat as um, that they should but being the home team, but I don't know. I think, I think Oregon state has the talent to catch an LSU team that has struggled on the road, has struggled in regionals in the past. And then Arizona state, I mentioned them being a spoiler earlier. I don't think that they're worried about Maryland behind them. And, you know, Cal's an opponent that they, that they know. And if, you know, with, with that travel, maybe if Cal makes one slip, Arizona state might be prepared to be, to catch them. And, you know, I, I I could be wrong there, but, uh, that 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 was kind of how I was viewing things with the lucky side, and then and the teams that I thought were unlucky. I think Cal having travel all the way to Pittsburgh and then having to go up against a, a Pac-12 team that has a bit of motivation to beat these higher teams, as well as Michigan State, who's also been kind of spoiler in the Big Ten. That's kind of an unfortunate situation for them. And then I think Utah, even having, I mean, I know that only the top two seeds advance. But uh, having to go on the road to a Pac-12 opponent that already doesn't like them that much, that, that crowd, and then having a talented Auburn team and a Mizzou team that can also be a bit of a spoiler maker, like preying on any mistake in that regional. So I, I don't know. That, that's how I viewed the the seeding
2: luck there.
0: What yeah, do you I, think I about mean, the unlucky side, Ben? Well,
2: the unlucky side, I mean, I, I still think Oregon State's on the unlucky side, and mainly because it's just the margin for error. Um, their margin for error is very low because they're very reliant on Jade Carey's success. And Jade Carey rarely makes mistakes, let's be honest, okay? I don't expect her to make a mistake during the regional, but when you're so reliant on one gymnast's success, it it creates a a tense atmosphere, especially on events such as Beam where you can have drops. Or, you know, these moments are make or break and, uh, I think and same thing for Arizona state, they just, they need to have a consistent meet and they've been very streaky throughout the season. They've had big wins, but they've also had not so great, you know, uh, scores throughout the year. So I think the margin for error is low. I mean, I do really feel bad for Stanford. There's, I, there's not much of a path for Stanford, but, um, same thing with Washington. It just, it's just the luck of the draw for them though. But I don't, I think they're happy to be there, not necessarily to uh, advance further than they are right now.
0: What do you think about who lucked out, Ben? Maybe Washington
2: or maybe Stanford, but it's just it, the, the chances of being able to get so far are so low when you're a middling or lower tier Pac-12 school. And I think that if Stanford can jump Missouri, I think that's huge for Stanford, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that'll happen and then I, I don't feel great about uh, Washington's chances. I think Southern Utah might actually shock a lot of people and mm-hmm. um, could jump Auburn, who's a very injured team right now.
1: Yeah, missing SUNY Lee Olympic gold medalists. So they're still competing. They competed fine at the
2: SEC championships, but
1: I don't think that they're going to make a deep postseason run.
0: Are there any other conferences that are sending all of their um, gym teams? SEC I, I would not know. How many yeah. how many gym teams are in the SEC?
1: It's it's eight as well. So I'm just I'm trying to count here. One, two, three, four. Uh, SEC might the SEC is probably going to be the eater tied for Pac-12 or the yeah, second have,
2: conference. Uh, SEC's got all of them.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so I can't say Pac-12 supremacy.
1: Mm. I, say I mean, you that. could. It's it's no truck stops. You you could say whatever you want.
0: Yeah, you're right. I can't. I do say whatever I want. In fact. Car- Jesus, Carlos. If you're new to gym, just dipping your toes in, which part of regionals is the most must watch?
1: I think there's there's two parts of gymnastics that I think are really fun to watch is the high level gymnastics skill and seeing an athlete perform at uh, some, some of the best competition for uh, gymnastics at this age range that you can find. So if that's what you're looking for, I would say watch the uh, Los Angeles Regional. You've got UCLA, Utah, um, Auburn, who's still a talented team. Um, That's where a lot of the talent is concentrated um, because the four and five seeds are both going there. But if you're someone like me who likes to see upsets and intrigue, I would say maybe tune into the Pittsburgh Regional. You've got um, Cal and Michigan State are pretty close still, uh, Arizona State. Is a team that could finish first or fourth in any given meet. Um, obviously, of <laughs> a, a very confusing team to try to figure out. You have Trinity Thomas, who's competing for Florida. She's one uh, perfect ten away from tying the NCAA record, and then thus two away from taking it outright. And then you have um, individual competitions like Hey, how uh, I don't I think it's Hallie Copper uh, for Pittsburgh, who's competing as an individual, even though the team is not there. Uh, and she's competing as an all, all-rounder with high scores in a couple different events. She could kind of surprise people in terms of beating them out for the individual titles in those meets.
2: What do you think, Ben? Well, I, I think definitely watch the Pac-12. Uh, I mean, this is no truck, truck stops the pac podcast. Um, you know, I think keep an eye out for Los Angeles Regional. Um, it's going to be fun. It's the nightcap of the regionals, and I think uh, there's a lot of interesting developments I think uh, Utah and UCLA competing probably in the same regional final is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, third time, the teams have competed in the same meet. And if they weren't advanced, they compete in the same meet again. So I think it's just fun that these teams keep on seeing each other. My biggest storyline, though, like across the entire uh, NCAA as a whole, is I want to see how these SEC teams are scored throughout the, uh, the tournament. I mean, I, Florida, uh, Trinity Thomas might have a lot of 10s, but not all of those 10s are necessarily tense so Mm. i think that we we need to look towards um how how things are going to be scored i don't think there's going to be a lot of difference let's be honest between how uh how highly a team like oklahoma is going to be scored i mean or a team like lsu is going to be scored the talent definitely rises to the top in gymnastics it's very top heavy sport in talent so i think we'll see similar scores but I, i i'm gonna check out some how these sec teams are doing and see if there's any uh storylines that come out of that
0: you don't have any rebuttal about the overscoring <laughs> content. um well i
1: i think there's some overscoring in the pack 12 as well but we'll just have to see how things go in the neutral ncaa setting
0: <laughs> we'll have to see okay let's let's move on to talking about nationals as a whole i'm gonna be completely honest i don't follow jim outside of the pac 12 just like i don't follow um any sport outside of the Pac-12. So I honestly have no idea what's going on. Um, what are people thinking about who is going to win the national championship? Is there a clear favorite? Emily, let's start with you. I know you're an LSU fan. Is it the LSU? Uh,
1: first off, it's good to go Tigers all day, but I <laughs> do not think so. I d- <laughs> um, I think this year they've had too many injuries. Um, I to go. It, it's been an insane road for them uh, this season. Uh, having so many of their top uh, gymnasts injured one of them was injured falling off of uh, like a little foam platform during a celebration, which was just another one was injured during the warmups against uh, Cal and Washington. Uh, (laughs) So it's been, it's been a really rough going for them. So I don't think it's going to, it's LSU's year. I think they could make some noise in the regional setting, but um, I, as I said earlier, I'm kind of looking at Oregon state taking that second spot from them and and upsetting them with good performances from Jade Carey and uh, Maddie Dagan. Um, I think my favorite to win the entire thing is probably Oklahoma. Um, I had the chance to watch them in person along with uh, Florida, and I watched Utah um, on television. And I have been way more scared of the Sooners than all three of those teams. Uh, Just the the scoring that they're getting in the big 12 I'm not seeing a lot of people talk about like, Oh, anybody's getting overscored. Um, and they just seem to be in a really dominant force again. I mean, they, they were in the national championship meet last year. They've got the highest score. They've got all the momentum and just watching their vault teams, particularly I've never seen a team stick five vaults. I mean, like getting a perfect landing on every, on almost every vault. Uh, it was, It was honestly really jarring, so I think if you got a team that's competing at that high level, it would take a lot to knock them off the pedestal.
0: Do you think it's Oklahoma too, Ben? Yeah, I agree with Emily completely
2: over here. I mean, as you were saying, sticking those five vault landings, I've watched them a few times this year, I, I hate to say it, it's almost robotic. I mean mm-hmm, absolutely it doesn't seem natural what they do. Um, I mean at times it feels like UCLA is fine with, you know, a hop on a vault or you know, their UCLA will settle for a nine seven five or nine eight on vault because they know it's their weakest event. While Oklahoma, it feels like every event is their strongest and weakest event at the same time. And they're expecting success no matter who they're facing against, where they're competing, how it's gonna go. And You know, since the University of Texas does not have a gymnastics program and Texas as a whole does not have gymnastics programs, Oklahoma is Texas's gymnastics program. And uh, (laughs) they get to compete in Texas if they make it to nationals.
0: We'll see. Um, Okay, does a Pac-12 team or teams have a legitimate shot at the national championship, and what does their path look like?
1: I... um... I am of the opinion that UCLA is a little fraudulent for reasons that I brought up earlier. <laughs> Own them. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to have to go against my morals here and say that if it's anybody, it's probably Utah. Let's um, go. <laughs> uh, they, You know, they're, they're a really talented team, even missing their best gymnast. Um, I think starting in the West is going to give them some momentum. They're a team that's been there before their team. That's already won the PAC 12 championship. I would say they're the front runner for the conference and one of the teams that I have in uh, the final four or the four on the floor, as they call it in gymnastics. So
0: I know you guys both were saying that you had like your bracket filled out your picks Mm. for regionals. So should we go through that and see like who you have advancing to the finals?
1: Sure. Uh, So in the Pittsburgh regional, I had Florida and Arizona State. Uh, in Nor- in Norman, I had Oklahoma and Kentucky. In Denver, I had Michigan and Oregon State. And in Los Angeles, I had UCLA and Utah. Um, and I think out of those eight teams, I'm thinking Michigan, Florida, Utah, and Oklahoma go to the national championship in the winter. At the end of all that is Oklahoma.
0: Let's
2: hear yours, Ben. I feel like there needs to be some more love for the Pac-12 over here. <laughs> I mean, this is no truck stops. I mean, in Pittsburgh... I have uh, – Carlos is right over here. I have uh, West Virginia and Cal advancing from the Pittsburgh uh, – no, wait, no. I have Cal and Florida advancing oh, from my Pittsburgh. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, uh, I have West Virginia in my regional final, but not, not going that far. Uh, Michigan and Denver from the Denver Regional. I have Oklahoma and Kentucky, I believe. Or yeah. Who do I have got over One second. I have got uh, Oklahoma and Arkansas from the Norman regional. Okay. we we'll have Kentucky and Alabama from uh, I cannot remember where that regional is. Uh, is that also Oklahoma? Where is that? I think that
1: was Norman, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> well I've got um, I've got UCL and Utah coming out of Los Angeles regional. And then in the final I've got Oklahoma, UCLA, Cal, and Denver. Um, I I I like I really do like Cal and how they have progressed throughout the season. Um, if anything, I feel like they're not getting enough attention. U- Utah and like kind of dominates the Pac-12 discussion. And if anything, uh, maybe the Golden Bears get some love. I mean, the other sports are too difficult to watch anyway. So maybe Cal Gymnastics uh, turns some heads.
0: <laughs> Here, Here's what I have. I have Arizona and Oregon State coming out of the Denver Regional. Uh, I got UCLA and Utah out of the Los Angeles regional. I have ASU and Cal out of the Pittsburgh regional, and there's not a Pac-12 team in the other <laughs> one, so I'm ignoring the existence of it. Wait, has Arizona, Um, has the first round happened for Arizona? Is that tomorrow?
1: We're recording this on Wednesday night, and it hasn't happened yet, no.
0: Okay. So hopefully they at least make it past the first round, because that would be extremely embarrassing. Are they expected to? Um who are they north going carolina, up against
1: uh they have a they're up against north carolina and i have it in my notes here uh that they have an nqs and a season high score that are both above unc so as long as they execute it could be really hard for unc to as, catch them
0: as long as they don't take the same path that arizona basketball did they should be okay <laughs> um hopefully But that would be really amazing if a Pac 12 team won a Natty. I think UCLA is the last Pac 12 team to win a gymnastics championship. I don't remember when that was. Ben, when was that? Do you know off the top of your head? I think it's 2018, I believe. Back in 2018, yeah. Utah hasn't won. It's one of those years. Utah (laughs) hasn't won since before I was born. So that would be very cool if that happened. They are blue blood, but very historical blue blood. So we'll see. Do you guys have any more thoughts? that we didn't include on this? Um,
1: I think it's just going to be a really exciting season. Uh, I wanted to go over like how to watch these and like the schedule for all that, but I also first wanted to shout out Talladega College. They are an HBCU, and they announced that they're launching a gymnastics program, joining oh, Fisk awesome. University. They, they're joining Fisk University, which started up this year. So props to them. Uh, good good luck, and it's just really great to see more HBCUs and, and black gymnastics, yeah. Uh, okay,
0: how do we watch?
1: So, all of the regionals are, unfortunately, on ESPN+. Plus. So, ask your dad, ask your neighbor, ask your roommate uh, for that login. Um, so, uh, they are staggered, just like, you know, in March Madness. On Thursday, you're going to have um, the Pittsburgh regional at 1. Oh, sorry, uh, I need to convert these to Pacific it's time. a.m. Uh, 11 a.m. Uh,
0: Is that central?
1: I, it, it's 11... 11 a.m. Pacific. Pacific. Uh, The Norman semifinal uh, is uh, starting at, what is that? That's uh, noon. Uh, You got the Denver play. I'm not going to do the times. Uh, Thursday, you have Norman and Los Angeles, as as well as the Pittsburgh and Denver play-ins. Friday, you have Pittsburgh and Denver. Saturday are the regional finals with Norman and Los Angeles. And then Sunday is Pittsburgh and Denver.
0: Great. Definitely, we'll try to tweet that on no truck stops. But if you can, try to watch. It's so much fun to watch this mean, compete. You,
2: you can also go. I mean, yeah, yeah go, if you're go in to your LA. local. I mean, go. If you're in Colorado, Denver's not too far away. I don't know
0: if we have any listeners that are in Colorado. I don't know why I assume all of our. our... Oh, wait, the buffs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we literally have a member school that is in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But what I would Head do... Head down
0: to Denver.
2: Regarding ESPN Plus is ask your local Equity Bruin for his log information, <laughs> and he will gladly give it to you.
0: Don't they have yeah. trials? I feel like they have week, like week-long like trials or something. I don't know. Yeah,
1: there's got to be something. I, I'll Commit figure it trial out.
0: trial fraud. This is not advice. Um, <laughs> you cannot take us to court if you get sued by ESPN Plus. But we're all you should...
1: far from uh, lawyers, yeah.
0: Yeah, we're not lawyers. <laughs> Um, You should definitely try to watch. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, I agree that like, especially if you can watch the LA regional UCLA and Utah are the best teams in the Pac-12 and that would be a blast to watch. So watch it. Okay, that's that's it for us. If you want to hear more of us head over to no NoTruckStops.com for our Patreon. Don't forget to leave us a five star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it. Thank you to Ben and Emily for being here. You guys are amazing. I'm so glad that you shared your gymnastics knowledge with me because I do not have that. Yeah, I, um, the,
1: la- the last time I was here, uh, I was joined by my girlfriend, Briar, uh, which means that I think, uh, legally speaking, Ben's my girlfriend now. So, congratulations. Yeah.
0: Congratulations <laughs> to you two on your new relationship. Thank you. I'm happy for you. Um, I'm Avery at Brave Grapes on Twitter. That's Ben at the Ben Royer. That's Emily at Sports With M. That's Carlos um, making the terrible sounds in the background this entire episode. Grow the fuck up. <laughs> equity ruin. Um again, thank you so much for listening and always remember, there are no truck stops here. Get me. Yeah, em- Emily's our truck stop. <laughs> <laughs> the room is still empty with smoke. So it makes the crowd's in, the coffee's kicking in my patience to everything there. I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street Things aren't always great.